those phrases in Christian language, you know, like, well, how many have ever heard the phrase like, oh, I got to crucify the flesh today, or I got to die daily? Have you ever heard that phrase? You know, I remember reading that in Corinthians and thinking, yes, I got to die daily too, because I'm evil. I'm so bad. And, uh, and, and God had to wreck my theology to reframe and say, that's not really what Paul was saying. Read it a little closer. Paul was talking about that he faces death daily. He wasn't saying that he dies to self. See, there might be uh, times you need to die of selfishness, but that, that doesn't mean you die to who you are. If you are a Christian, you have a new nature. Hello. So last week we talked about that, and I think it's so important that if we understand that we have a new heart and a new spirit within us, we're not going to struggle thinking that we're sinners saved by grace, but we will come into the revelation that we're saints transformed by grace. Amen. Are you alive this morning? I love alive people. I think God does too. And He doesn't want you to die to self. He wants you to live. You see, there's mercy at the cross and there's grace at the resurrection. In the resurrection power, there is a release of a newness of life, an explosion. Paul said it this way, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal body. So at the power of the resurrection, in other words, in order for you to walk in newness of life, you need to not think death, you need to think life. God does not want you to die to yourself. He wants you to walk in the new self. And guess what? Some of who you are, God likes. I mean, most of who you are. But when I say that, it's, it's important to understand, like, God doesn't look at you and say, oh, those silly dreams. <laughs> I'm God, and those dreams are so silly. I mean, I think about my kids and how they have passions for things. And because they have a passion for something, I will get behind it because I love them. You know, God made you in his image and likeness so that you could be creative, so that you could dream, and God delights in it. God delights when you dream about your life and what you want to do. Well, I want to walk on this tightrope called the will of God. That's not the will of God. The will of God is not a tightrope. God's will is the things that he's put in your heart that, that are good. Hello? If you want to know what God's will is, ask a Christian because they have God's nature. Now, we have the Word of God to help divide asunder, you know, what, what, it, what is of Him and what's not of Him. But I, I just want to reiterate a little bit of what I shared last week uh, because it's so important that you get that you have a new identity. And, and we don't have, we, it, it, it's the end of the struggle. Now, the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 4, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Hebrews chapter 4. I want to talk about rest this morning. And I want to talk about it in the context of resting in your identity because a lot of times we struggle and, and we are constantly trying to, uh, we're constantly trying to be something uh, that maybe we already are because of the wrong ways of thinking, the way that our framework is in our mind, that, that we actually uh, haven't settled some of these issues in our heart, and we don't live in rest. We, we actually live in an anxious Christian, uh, Christian walk. Like, we're anxious that we have to pray, and we're anxious that if I don't spend enough time with God, He might not be pleased, and i got to get my heart right, and, and we live in this anxiety, and we will have no authority in our life if we live in anxiety. And God wants you to have self-control. That, that's a side note, by the way. That's a fruit of the Spirit. So if God wanted you to die to self, then why would He say one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control? Because God wants to give you self-control. You're made in His image, and you walk in self-control. But one of the things that Hebrews chapter 4 talks about is 
the children of Israel in the promised land, how they didn't enter the rest of God. And God wants you to enter His rest. And His rest is found in your identity in Christ, that no longer are you struggling. And it says in Hebrews chapter 4, after he talks about this in verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. The word diligent is actually eager. It means every fiber of your being, you need to work to enter this rest. And, and the reason he's saying this is because Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is, is painting this beautiful picture of the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. How many know the new covenant started when Jesus shed his blood? He talked about it at the Last Supper. How many know that? It didn't, the old covenant didn't end when he died. The old covenant ended when the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. We understand this through prophetic words in the Old Testament that this kingdom was going to come. The kingdom came and it started in a manger. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the king's domain. But there was this transition from old to new. Now we are in the new covenant. And so the, the, the author of Hebrews is trying to help these people. He's trying to help the, the way they think, saying, you need to enter the rest of God. Now you have a new identity. And then he concludes and he says, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. This is verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 4. Piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit and of joints of marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Like it's God's word, the, the way, this is how you got born again. God's word goes into the core of your being and he puts a seed inside of you. That's a sharp sword. That's, a, that's an exact like that's the, he's the great physician. He surgically implanted his nature in your in your core, in your heart. Jesus came to dwell in our hearts. Cardia is a Greek word. It means core, not just the organ, but the core of our being. And so the word of God divides asunder out of our body, our soul, and our spirit of what's of him and what's not of him. Amen. And learning to rest in our new identity, Paul puts it this way, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. And when we understand that and we're identifying with the new self, not the old self, because the old self is dead. Say, the old self is dead. When we understand that we have already put on the new self, Paul puts it this way to the Galatians, he said, those that are Christ have already crucified the flesh with its passions. No, in other words, they've learned to end the struggle by resting in their new identity, that, they're, that we're sons. Let, let me put it this way. You cannot, you cannot please God if you don't already know that you please Him. Paul said, I, I aim to please Him. How many know that's a good aim, right? That's a good goal. Who, who wants to please Papa God? But... What's not pleasing to him is if we are striving and we are working from a place of trying to please him without knowing that we are already pleasing as sons and daughters. In the book of Ephesians, we see it this way. He begins the book of Ephesians. Paul is writing to one of the churches that was just exploding with extraordinary miracles and, you know, um, some powerful stuff. This is the apostle Timothy was over this this uh, region, um, the church of Ephesus. And so Paul's writing and he begins, he says, you are totally accepted by God. You are the focus of his love, it says in, in the message translation. So he talks about in chapter 2 of Ephesians that we're seated with him in heavenly places. This is so powerful. Get this. 
And then in chapter 4, he says, now I want you to walk worthy. And then he begins to talk about warfare, and he says, I want you to stand, and I want you to fight. You cannot walk unless you learn to rest that you're seated with him in heavenly places. You can't stand unless you learn how to walk, and then you cannot fight unless you learn how to stand. Hello? Did I go too fast for you? You cannot, let let me show you a verse real quick. Turn to Genesis chapter 1 real quick. This is powerful. Say, this is powerful. I'm trying to get you to believe that so you actually listen to what I'm trying to tell you this morning. Come on, somebody. Genesis chapter 1. This is so powerful. Listen, from Adam, God breathed into Adam. And his spirit, from that point on, went on, like the spirit inside of you, the God stuff in you, although our spirits uh, are not alive unto God until we are born again, but through Adam, God breathed into every living person in the earth. I want you to get this. It, it started in Adam, and it goes all the way down the line. When you, when you were born... Um, you didn't all of a sudden get spirit. It came through Adam, through the generations. That's God stuff. You're, you can't live your spirit, that spark of life, that energy. God made you in his image. Even in your old identity, you were made in the image of God. Did you know that? Now, in your new identity, when you get this, these verses here, which, by the way, this is not Old Covenant, although it's Old Testament. Because the Old Covenant didn't start until Exodus. Come on, somebody. The, the Old Covenant, what is in the Old Testament? Not everything is Old Covenant. This is not Old Covenant. This is what God wants to restore. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps in the earth. So God created man in his own image. Uh, male and female, he created them. That's a good word right there. Women, you are also in the image of God. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. How many know that God created us to work six days a week before the fall? That's, that's what the Bible says. But So he says all of this, man, you're in our image and our likeness, have dominion, be fruitful, multiply, subdue. And then right after this, it, God looked at everything and he said, it's good. And he rested. The first revelation God, man has of God is a God of rest. Because everything is a springboard from that reality. So if you don't understand that you're seated in Him, you're leaning in your identity as a new creature in Christ, that new things have come, that you, the old self has been put off. I'm going to read uh, in just a moment from Colossians chapter 3, if you want to turn there. 
But I want you to understand this, that you were made in God's image. When he breathed into Adam, that was enough breath to propagate the earth with, with, uh, with people. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, when he said, let vegetation, you know, fill the earth, that one word from God was enough to, to let vegetation just continue to grow in the earth. It's so powerful. It's like God didn't need to step back in and, and, well, there's not enough vegetation here. It just happens. How many know it just happens? He, he made, you know, natural laws. And the same thing with us. We are made in God's image. Even in our old identity, how much more if we understand that we have new identity when God speaks to us and says, you're my son, there's so much power in that word. When he looks at you and says, you're my son, you're born again at that moment. You're born of God. There's so much power in that word to it starts as a seed where you actually become a son of God. And you begin to look more and more and more like Jesus. But if you don't lean into that reality, that revelation that you're a son, that you're a daughter, you hear his voice, you know he loves you, you know I'm accepted, I'm seated with him, then you cannot walk. If you can't walk, you can't stand. If you can't stand, you can't fight. There's no reason for a young believer to try to do some kind of spiritual warfare unless they knew who they are in Christ and they're seated with him and they're resting in that identity. A lot of people do warfare from a, uh, an earthly place. But if we understand who we are in Christ, that we're seated in heaven, warfare is totally different because everything's below us, not above us. And we're not making war in the heavenlies and trying to tear down principalities. We are commanding principalities to bow at the feet of Jesus because we are the body of Christ. So when God speaks and he says, you're my son, you're my daughter, this is so powerful. When you, and, and here's the thing. He wants you to hear his voice. He want, and, and sometimes you've got you to gotta tune out all the noise and you have to just hear him speak to you. And it always comes, uh, it always comes from an understanding of acceptance. It's never going to be an understanding of that you worked your way into some place where you can hear God now. It's usually the other way around. Usually the moments we hear God is when we've tried everything we could and we're running and we're in caves. Remember the message, what happens in a cave? You you know, we do everything. So when God, when you hear his voice say, and and I know we, we understand this, like Jesus loves me. But when you hear him tell you, I delight in you. That one word is more than enough to cause growth in your new identity. That one word from God. That's why one word of God can change your life forever. You're born again, 1 Peter 1.23. I hope you guys are getting this. You're born again from an incorruptible seed by the word of God. You're born of God. God conceives himself in you, his nature in you. And when I rest in that and I lean back into the identity that I have, I end the struggle. I diligently enter into that rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. I diligently enter into that rest. I'm not striving and trying to do something that is is hard for me. It becomes easy because now I know, wow, God has given me new desires. I remember as a young believer, I got saved and... um, I didn't know a lot, which was probably a good thing because sometimes knowledge, you know, confuses us. And 
all I knew is I loved the presence of God. That's all I knew. And I delight, I, my desires, I no longer, how many know that when you were a sinner, when you lived a sinful lifestyle, it was really easy and comfortable for you to do, right? Right? Okay, do we have any uh, non-lying people in church this morning? It's not hard for a sinner to sin. It's not hard for you uh, as a, uh, in, in your old life, you know, and some of us are raised in the church. Some of us have some testimonies, though, like, you know, God has delivered you from drugs and all kinds of stuff. How many you know it's not easy or, I mean, it's not hard for a sinful person with that nature in them to just run to it. You don't have to try. It's not uncomfortable, right? But, but when, so you're, you're in essence, you have, you're resting in that old identity. And so here's the, here's the transition that takes place. You learn to rest in the identity that that's no longer who you are. See, Paul puts it this way. The mystery, it, Galatians 2.20, he says, I was crucified with Christ. Past tense. Say past tense. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in this flesh, in this body, is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, Paul says, it's my faith by faith, right? Uh, Or by grace through faith, I obtain this reality. When you believe and you lean with, and, and it comes with revelation. You need a revelation of this. You, you need a God. You need to hear him say it to you. You need to hear him say, you're my child. When you hear that, you don't live like an orphan. You don't live in your old identity. You live in your new identity. And Paul said, it's this mystery. It's not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. In other words, and by faith, it's my faith that is connected to that reality. Not only that, but it's your faith that accesses that reality. Hello? See, we need to be a people of faith. We need to be a people that believe God. I love what Chris was doing. He was releasing his heart. Believing God. Did you feel that when he was singing that song? We believe who you say you are, God. See, when you believe God for who he is, you will understand who you are. And when you know who you are, rising up and taking dominion because you're made in his image and likeness is easy because the first revelation God gives you is, enter my rest. Oh, that was a good point to say amen right there. But Moses is praying and he's asking God, who's going to go with us? And, uh, and I want to know your ways, God. And God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you my rest. In other words, that's all you need to know, Moses. I'm with you, and I'm going to give you my rest. Christianity should, know, should not be filled with striving. It should be filled with empowerment of grace, living a new life. And when I understand who I am, I am a son. I, I don't have to struggle in, in my old identity because the old self is gone. Let me read to you Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read you a couple verses here. Let me read you a verse. Uh, This is 1 John 3.19. Ready? He says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and we have set our hearts at rest in his presence. Isn't that awesome? Am I the only one that loves the Bible in here? Do you love that verse? Let me read that to you again. It's... This is how we know that we belong to the truth. 
and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Uh, This is another verse out of Isaiah 30, verse 15. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning to me and resting in me, you will be saved. In other words, your wholeness comes by you first entering into rest. And we're no longer trying to do it ourselves. John chapter 12, Jesus said, unless a seed dies and remains, it's not going to bear fruit. There's something about just say lying, pausing, and saying, and just waiting, and remembering, and coming into the reality, I'm a son. I have self-control. I can walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I have grace. There's an abundance of, we talked about this last week, there's an abundance of grace flowing from heaven to me. There's also an abundance of time. And we, we stop looking at the clock and we just say, I'm your son. And you're good. And you're going to take care of me and I don't have to worry. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6 and 7. The end of chapter 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. There's an abundant father who loves you and he's good. He's going to take care of you. He values you. You're accepted. This is the progression of your walk. You cannot walk unless you learn to rest. See, I don't work to rest. I rest to work. God created Adam, and then he says, let's kick back and look it, and then work from a place of rest. If you work to rest, you're doing it the wrong way. But if I rest to work, I'm living in sonship. Hello? I'm living in the reality of what God made me. So God says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, it's in, it's in resting and returning to me, turning your heart, that you will be saved. Then it says, in quietness and in trusting shall be your strength. Isn't that awesome? In quietness. Now, now let me read to you. I'm going to just close with this. This is a really powerful uh, portion of Scripture here. Colossians chapter 3. And then I'm, we're going to pray together. Um, and then I want to I release you a little bit early. So those of you that want to come back, you can, you'll have like 40 minutes or so. Um, and if you want to come back and hear the interview with uh, Jason Chin. So Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading uh, verses 1. Um, well, just follow me. I'm going to be reading from NIV. This is so awesome. Here's what he says. Paul says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things of above, not on the things that are on earth. You hear what he says? He's like, Guys, if you've been raised with Christ, then you need to keep your eyes on the things of heaven, on heaven's reality. By grace, through faith, believing and resting the faith rest life that I am new in Christ, and I'm seeking those things that are above. Now, here's what he says. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with Him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is by these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also walked when you were living in them. Let me just stop right there for a moment. So Paul's saying, listen, consider yourself dead to all this stuff. And, and I'm going to get to this, this little portion that he says here. But he says, consider yourself dead to all that stuff. In other words, you've been forgiven and you can have relationship with God. There's no reason not to. Amen? So look what he says here. This is in the New Living. No, this is in the uh, NAS. But you, now you also put them all aside. Here's what he says. Put all this aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. Another version says you have already put off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Colossians chapter 3. I think I read from verses, I don't know if you were following, 1 to 10. So Paul's laying it out. He says, you've put off the old self and you're putting on the new self. See, there's a rest in that. There's a, an understanding. If I'm setting my eyes on the things of heaven, then what do I see? I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. And what do I see after that? I see that I am seated with Him. That's what Paul saw. He wrote it in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, I'm seated with Him. Not only have I been resurrected, I've been raised up. And I am actually seated with Him in heavenly places. That is your position as a daughter and as a son. That is your position as royalty. Jason Chin was talking about on earth as it is in heaven. Um, Which, by the way, the king's domain, the king's domain, kingdom is king's domain, is the rule of his love, not control. God is not a God of exhaustive control. He never intended that. He wants His love to reign. Harmony, relationship. He's a relational God. Everything God does is relational. He is relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So the King's domain. So if the kingdom is reigning over our life, that means His love is reigning over our life. But how many know on earth as it is in heaven that there is no struggle in heaven either? I mean, know that, that there's no struggle in heaven. So if we, are, if we are striving, then we need to understand that we're seated with Him and we end the struggle and we enter in the rest of our new identity. Isn't that good? I want to I minister this to you now, okay? I want you to end the struggle in your mind. There's a framework that many of you have built up around religion and false teaching that you have to earn acceptance to God. You are completely and totally 100% accepted and loved by Father God. And when you understand that, then you can start desiring to please Him. But it is not pleasing to God to think of yourself low and little and small. 
because Jesus is going to get a glorious bride. You are a glorious bride of Christ, maturing in love. And you need to break the thought patterns over your life that say that you're invaluable, that say that you're not accepted. You need to stop saying that you're addicted to something. You need to start resting in your new identity and watch your desire shift exponentially to heavenly desires. Whatever you think about will settle in your heart. And if it settles in your heart, it's going to orient where you go in your life. And there's a framework that needs to be broken. The framework that we think somehow, I, I mean, I literally, I, and I, I don't know if you were raised with this in church or not, but I, I heard so many messages on dying to self. That's all I ever wanted to do was die. And I, hadn't, I never had an opportunity to live as a Christian because I was doing what the Bible didn't tell me to do. He wants you to walk in newness of life. There are dreams in you. There are things in you. You're made in God's image to subdue, to multiply, to be fruitful. And it happens when you get the revelation of rest. And you work from rest. Work is good. Where his workmanship, his poema, his expression, it's like you become God's rhythm and rhyme and reason. When you hear his voice, he speaks. He says, you're a son, you're a daughter. So the framework over your mind, I just declare right now, would you lift your hands? Let me pray for you. I declare over every son and daughter, I release the acceptance of Papa God over you. Those of you that have been rejected by people and even your own and family and parents, I I release the acceptance of Papa God right now. I destroy the framework, the lies. I declare renewing. I declare transformation through the revelation that you're totally accepted and adopted. Totally accepted. You're His. You belong. No more orphan thinking. You have a new self. God loves who you are. Listen to me. Listen to me. I release it now. He loves who you are. You are. God, I just want to please you. God, I just want to please you. If you don't know that you're already pleasing to him and he already smiles, it's really hard to do that. Lord, I thank you. I receive your grace. I receive your I thank you for people rising up in power and victory and maturity because they know who they are. Because they know who they are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you give God a shout? Listen, let me close with this. Let me say something. Being a church that releases the kingdom is so easy when we know who we are. See, when we become like God, healing is easy because he's the healer. I don't think you heard me. When we become like God, healing is so easy because he is the healer. So when I lay hands on someone, I want to see him free. I want to see him whole. My heart is compassionate to them, but when I know who I am, when I'm identifying in who I am in Christ, it's so easy to just release it. It's, it's as simple as this, freedom. 
you, there, do you understand there's so much power in your words? There's literally spiritual substance in your words. The Bible says that words can carry grace that actually build people up. So your honoring words can actually encourage somebody. Your words, love and hope, is a substance that is released in your words. So you can just say this over someone. So You know what? I, 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 I'm aware of this. There's times where I know I need to pray over a room, and all I do is I walk in it because I know who's in me. And I know wherever I go, demons run because I know who I am. It's not arrogance. It's confidence. It's resting in my identity. When I know that maybe something is funky and needs to be prayed over or whatever, um, little things. You know, I'm not like superstitious, but little things. Like if I feel like I need to pray over something, I don't do some magical formula. I sanctify this. I just touch it. Because I know if I touch it, I'm releasing heaven over it. You see, when you know who you are, it's easy to release freedom over people's lives. And all you need to do when you're praying, uh, whoever needs healing in this place, I release healing over you right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. The Lord heals you now in Jesus' name. Freedom head to toe. Freedom head to toe. God has put it inside you. When you release healing over someone, you're you're not praying that God would somehow drop healing from heaven. You're releasing what's in you into them. A river of life flowing out of your heart. Out of the core of who I am flowing into people around me. Does that make sense? When I knew who I am, I'm confident. I'm, there's this assurance. There's this, uh, there's this understanding. It's like, oh, I'm a son of God. <laughs> Not a son of something else. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. It becomes so much easier to be a millionaire, too. Hello? Because if you're anointed to make money, it's like, oh, God's going to use me to be a blessing to all the nations. Do you know that as a Christian, you actually are not obligated under the old covenant responsibilities, but you do get all the covenant uh, blessings that God made with Abraham, all of them, to be a blessing to every nation. When I know who I am, that I am a son of God, and that I am an heir of that blessing, I can walk in that destiny. Oh, thank you, Lord. So I just release heaven over you, and I declare, rise up as a son and as a daughter in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you feel like you want to end the struggle, lift your hand up real high. I want to pray over you. If you feel like there's an identity crisis and a struggle, lift your hand up real high. Pray in the Holy Ghost for just a minute. I declare, no more struggle in Jesus' name. No more struggle. In Jesus' name. I declare no more struggle in Jesus' name. No more struggle in Jesus' name. Freedom over you now. Freedom over you now. No more struggle in Jesus' name. No more in Jesus' name. Find someone with their hand raised. I, I'm going to try to get to everyone, but I want you, believers, prayer team, find someone with their hand. Whoa! No more struggle in Jesus' name. No more struggle in Jesus' name. Freedom over you. Total freedom over you now, in Jesus' name. Total freedom over you now. New identity, resting. You're a son, you're a daughter of God. I bless you. Rise up. Take authority in your life. Take authority. Self-control. Fruit of the Spirit. Rise up. You're a son. New identity. 
You're a son, you're a daughter. I bless you now. I bless you now. Rise up, son and daughter of God. Rise up. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Why? Because I'm seated with Him. And I can walk and I can stand and I can fight. But i got to understand that I'm seated with Him. I release life and I call forth gifts in you. Come forth in Jesus' name. Over the young generation right now. Daughters, I bless you. Daughters of God, I bless you. You're accepted. You're under the gaze of Papa's eyes. Hallelujah. Every chain broken now. Every chain of struggle, of addiction, broken now in Jesus' name. Newness of life, not death. Newness of life, not death. Newness of life in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many receive that? Come on. Just say, I receive it, Lord. Freedom. Freedom. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Life. Life. Blessings. Life. The breath of heaven. The breath of God. The Ruah of God. Breathing into you. Giving you life. He he is a life-giving spirit. He is a life-giving spirit. Rise up. Don't be paralyzed anymore. Rise up. Don't be unfruitful anymore. Rise up. Work from the place of rest. Hallelujah. We pray these things in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.